I'm Patrick Bader, your host of ITM, and today we're going to talk about 10 tips for hiring consultants and lawyers as an entrepreneur. Before I share with you the 10 questions, I want to give you a story on what happened recently when this lady came in and we were sitting there with all our executives in a boardroom and she's sitting to my right and and, and one of our guys like, here's why we're hiring her because of this and very credible guy in our company. And so here's, she started talking about, here's what I can do for you, here's what, and then the moment she got into the, this is what you need, this is what you need, this is what you need. I said, uh, and she said, so here's uh, what I can do. And I started asking all these questions and she started kind of balking a little bit and getting a little nervous. I said, time out. I said, ma'am, hang tight, you can sit in this room but you're gonna be hearing about what we need. Uh, I said, team, we don't need her first, she's third. We have other issues to address before we hire her. I thank you so much for your time. Can you give us a few minutes? Wait outside. Now, pretty much verbatim, that's how the meeting went. I had her step outside and I spoke to my crew. And I said, look, before we hire her, there's a few issues we have before we hire a consultant. What is it? We don't even have a specific outcome of what we're trying to do before we hire this person. So we gotta get clear on our outcome before hiring a consultant why are we doing this? What questions are we trying to get answered? Because if you don't have that in place, they're gonna triple the workload. Oh, you also don't have this, because their job is to constantly throw out problems. Oh my gosh, this is a very bad problem because 73.8% of companies that hire this, that, that, you know, they throw these numbers out there. And like, oh my gosh, panic, fear, this is terrible. You know, it causes big companies to go out of business. That's their job to do that, right? That's what they do. Impose fear, here's how I can help. It's a very simple Hegelian, you know, whatever you wanna call it tactic that works and a lot of these guys do that job. Attorneys, if you don't get this wording right, you could get sued and I've seen companies go out of business. You're gonna hear that a lot as a CEO founder and they put so much fear in you, relax, it's okay. Unless if you have a crisis, it's a different story but you wanna be in the anticipation preparation game. Most important thing, before hiring a consultant, CPA, attorney, any of these guys, engineers, you gotta get very, very crystal clear on what you want even before asking these 10 questions, you gotta get clear what you want. So if you have that in place, then let's get into the 10 questions. So the first question I ask is, listen, before you give us advice, what made you an expert to be able to give us advice on what we need to do where we pay you money for the advice? What was it? Where did you work at? What did you learn? What have you seen? What have you built? How high did you move up in your career before you chose to become a consultant? Because sometimes there's different kinds of consultants. There's those consultants who work at a company for a while, they burn out, they don't want a W-2, they just choose to be 1099, and they want to do some work on the side and be free. I literally had a consultant that he became a consultant because he wants to sell, and that's all he wants to do, so he takes a few clients per year, doesn't want to be a millionaire, he's good with that. There's also some consultants because they got fired, because they were not the best of employees, and they went through a lot of different companies, so then they become consultants. These are the ones you're trying to filter out. And then there are those consultants that are actually very, very good at what they do, and these are the guys that are workers, they're gonna do their part and you, you, they're gonna earn their money when they work with you, you're trying to find them. So I asked that question to see where their credibility comes from to give me advice and our team advice about what we need to do next. So the second question is, why did you become a consultant? And I wanna hear clues, I wanna hear why they became that. Well, I became because I saw so many different companies being taken advantage of and I wanted to find out, I said, give me some stories. Like, whatever they say, 
Whatever answer they give, so many times CEOs and entrepreneurs or executives that are about to hire, because sometimes you're a CFO, CEO, a COO, or CMO, you're hiring a consulting firm. Sometimes even the CEO's not involved. But sometimes you ask that question. It's a good question to ask. They give a response. You don't respond back. Then you don't have a real answer. You, you don't have all the details. So you give that question. They give their answer. Then you go deeper and say, why? Tell me more. Why is that? How about this? What happened here? You got to go deeper to see if there's any areas where you're like, ah, no way in the world. We're going to spend $180,000 on you. In my mind, boom, checked off. I don't even need to go to the rest of the questions because I'm clear this is just not going to work out. Or wow, that's so impressive. You worked here? Can you show me story? There's there, yeah, yes, very impressed. So some things will either lead you to being a little bit worried yourself or some things you'll go down and you're like, wow, this is pretty impressive. I want to go more. So question number three is asking them about their experience with a company like ours or an issue that you're facing. What kind of success have you had trying to solve this following issue or address the following request that we have for you? Right now, why do you ask that question? Because sometimes consultants may have had success with a company trying to solve an issue that has nothing to do with the issue you're trying to solve. It's almost like going to a dermatologist trying to ask about your lungs, which you need to sit with maybe a pulmonologist or a laryngologist, a complete different field, right? Both are doctors, but their specialty is a different place. The same goes with consultant. A consultant isn't good at every aspect of the company's problems that you're facing. So you ask specifically, this is what we're trying to solve. You were recommended to us by this place, and we would like to know, tell us one specific expertise you had in solving this issue. If they have it, ask us for multiple different stories and let them see what they can tell you about it. Number four, tell me about your more success, most successful client you've ever had. What do you mean? Who's your most successful client you've ever had? And they're gonna tell you their story. Well, I had this client, you know, after working with me, they got 83% retention. They'll throw some numbers, which none of it you can measure because anytime you say, can I, how do you measure that number? And can I see data on that? Well, I have an NDA signed with the company that I can't really show you. That's typically where it's gonna go to. But it's very easy if they say that. You're hoping they get great clients, three uh, good stories of clients. Then you ask, can I call them? Uh, yeah, sure. They're either going to give you the answer, sure you can call them, or well, there's some uh, uh, you know legal stuff that we can't contact them because of direct. Okay, that's a red flag to me. But if they'll tell you sure, and then who can I call? Can I speak to the CEO? Can I speak to the CFO? Who was it? Yeah, no problem. And then you go do your research on who you call on credibility. Again, you're going to go out and find out who it is. You're hoping they're right. You're not trying to be like a detective to see if they're wrong. You are hoping they're right. But at the same time, you have to realize you got to do the follow-up and do your own due diligence to see what they say about the experience and see if the numbers that they gave is close and they'll verify to say, yes, it was 83%. Then you got to do a little, little bit of legwork on your end. So then the follow-up question is a tough one to ask. Most CEOs, founders have a hard time asking this question, or even executives have a hard time asking this question because it's kind of a little bit offensive. Here's what the question is. And you open it up, preface it very easily. Listen, we've been in business for a while, and we've been doing this. A lot of things we do right, but God knows we've done a lot of things wrong that didn't work out for us. So having said that, what were the three clients that you had that ended up becoming a failure that the results weren't met? What were they and why? And let them tell the story. And sometimes... They'll tell their story. Guaranteed you're going to hear one of the stories being this way. Here's how the story goes. Well, the CEO wasn't willing to take the counsel that I gave him, and because of that, it led to that, 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 that. One of the stories they tell you is going to be this. I'm not interested in that story because I do know what it is to have a stubborn CEO or stubborn executive or all that other stuff that they don't want any kind of counsel. That's very common. The story I want to hear about is what they did wrong that they could have done differently. Now, what am I looking for? 
You know what's crazy about what I'm looking for? Just the fact that they're not afraid of telling the truth gives me trust that I can do business with them. It's amazing. Just the fact that they sell something like this. I'm not going to lie to you. There was this one client that we had, and uh, here's what we did, and we didn't do the right work. We should have gone this route, but we went this route, and it didn't end up working out for us with that client. We liked them a lot. We were really hoping to come through, but it didn't happen. That was about seven years ago, and here's what we learned from it. What we learned from it is the fact that that, 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 and so the next client that we faced that had the similar issue, when we made that decision this way, we did it this way, and the results ended up being this way, and I have to tell you, even though that was a bad mistake, I'm so glad that we went through because of it and made us a better consultant. At the, see what I'm saying? See that approach? I'm looking for that. That's all I'm looking for. But if the consultant, the attorney, the engineer, the, the whoever you're hiring, the accountant, cannot tell you a bad experience that they had where their fault, it was their fault that they did, that you're dealing with an organization that whatever you do is going to be your fault, your fault, your fault. Now, they're not going to take responsibility. And I don't typically do business with people like that. I want to know how somebody that's made mistakes that they're willing to say, here's a mistake I made. Here's what we learned from it. Here's how we're improving. It's not going to happen to you. So then the last question within that part, it's still on the same question is, can I call the CEO? And if they say yes, check mark. They're so brave. Most of the time, I won't even call them. I'm just trying to see how brave they are that if I can't call the CEO, if they say yes, no problem, credibility goes to the roof with me. So the next three questions is all about accountability on how to hold them accountable. And the one question I ask is, how do we measure success with you? Let me explain to you what I mean by this John Mary Johnson consulting firm. Say we're done with the project. I'm very happy. I tell the world about it. I go online, whatever site it is that you want me to write a review, and I tell them how amazing you are so you get more business because I want more CEOs and founders to know consultants like you that say what they're going to do and they come through. Everybody wants to know. But what do we also do to prevent my frustration, our team's frustration of saying, I want to go write a review because I think other people need to know how you didn't come through, and so you're held accountable so other CEOs and founders don't waste their hard-earned money on a project that didn't come through. So how do we measure success with you? And then they'll tell you whatever they're going to tell you. Then it leads me to the next part, which is give me, give me a time frame. Say we move on here. Give me time frame on what you think is going to be taking place. Give me when we're going to have this part done, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And maybe they'll say, we need more time to put this together for you. No problem. And again, that's... Uh, another phase for them to have to come back to you with what they're going to be doing. Yes, here's what I think the time frame is going to be for this, 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 that. Perfect. That goes to the next question. The next question for me is, what kind of updates should we be expecting, time frame-wise? Are we getting daily updates, weekly updates, monthly updates? And they may say, in the first month, you will get daily updates. But month two, you're going to get weekly updates, and month three is going to be a bi-weekly update because as we're getting to the completion, whatever the timeline is, 12-month project, like right now we're doing an IT project, that's probably a 12-month project, 13-month project, and we started, it's a multi-million dollar project. That may be a different timeline than another project that we're working on that's only a $300,000 project, and that's going to take two months to do, but the structure on that's going to be different, but I still want to get updates. I'm all about updates. It's like the last thing you want is last week, Three months, then they give you an update and 72 things you never wanted anyways. They wasted time on it. It's not a way to do it. So pure accountability right up front. What kind of updates are we going to be getting from you so we know what's being worked on and we can see what's being worked on with us hiring you. Okay, so point number nine is a little bit technical and depending on the size of the business you got, you may experience this, you may not experience it, but regardless of what it is, this is something you ought to know. So, so many times when you start a project... The team that starts with you doesn't end with you. So we started a project that the engineer that we were communicating with, that we spent 100 hours talking to, 
The two engineers, they are no longer there. So they were not hired to fulfill the project from the beginning to the end. So they brought two new engineers and then I had to re-explain and wasted our time, double the work, very frustrating, but because we didn't negotiate properly from the beginning, that's what happened there. So now, this is how I negotiate now. I ask, once they're telling me who it is, that let's just say we're agreeing to doing this thing. I wanna meet the entire team that's gonna be working on this project from the beginning to the end, and here's what I wanna know, Bobby, Johnny, Mary, whatever consulting firm it is. What do I need to get from you knowing that they're gonna begin the project and they're gonna end this project where I don't have to explain myself multiple times? And it's a very interesting answer they'll give you. It can be a very different, well, we don't know because it's a world of engineering, people change, so it's not necessarily the case. If it's an hourly project you give to somebody and they're working on it from beginning to the end, that means they're on that project beginning to the end. That's my problem, what's gonna happen over here? Well, we don't normally do this because we can't really predict the future. I also normally don't cut multi-seven-figure checks. So do you want the seven-figure check? Or, so you gotta tell me, if you want the business great, if you don't, I need to know that's a risk for me. Well, no problem, what if we were able to make that happen for you? That's a very big priority for me. Okay, let us see what they can do. That's the homework they need to be doing, right? Then as you get closer to saying, yes, we want to do this, I want to meet the team. What do you mean? I want to meet everybody that's going to be working on my project. You want to meet everybody? I want to meet everybody. So say they're local. I literally want every one of them in my boardroom. So they'll come in, and it'll be 20 of them sitting right there, or 8 of them, or 7 of them, or 11 of them. Here's who's going to be on the team. Great. So this person, that person, this person, this person? Yes. This person's gonna be phase one, phase two. This person's gonna be phase two, phase three. Phase one person's gonna be out because we won't need them anymore because the specialty's gonna be this. But phase one's gonna show for phase four. And how am I gonna make sure that phase one's gonna be here for phase four? So John, tell me how long you been with the company? How long you been with this uh, uh, law firm? How long you been with this consulting firm? Seven years, great. Three months, two months, five months, red flag, red flag, red flag, all of it. So again, I- I'm trying to give you some blind spots that you may not have that's cost me millions. So I hope you don't make that same millions of dollars yourself. But that's one of the questions I ask before we get into the last question, which is a question most people want to ask first. I don't care about asking this question first. I ask this question last, and guess what it has to do with? Money, cost structure, how are we breaking this down? So then they give me a bid. Here's what I think is going to take, but here's how I ask for the bid. Ready? <laughs> okay. Here's how I ask for the bid. I don't say how much is this going to cost. This is what I tell them. Uh, John, Bobby, Mary, Johnson Consulting Firm, I want you to know my philosophy. I don't like to go back and forth negotiating. Here's why. I am going to get two other bids outside of you, okay? And I know all the people in your world. I'm gonna get two more bids outside of you. I wanna make sure you don't try to pull a fast, I'm not saying you're gonna do it, Bobby, but I'm just telling you, I wanna make sure you don't pull a fast one with me and you actually give me what the number is gonna be at the bottom without trying to make that additional 22% to help you with your, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not, we're, we're trying to group, we're speaking openly here and they'll kind of look at you and they know what you're talking about. I just want the bottom line number because I don't want to renegotiate because I'm gonna go to the other two. And if I notice you're trying to get a big bit, I won't even follow up with you. I'm just gonna tell my team to follow up with you. I'm moving on to the next one with the level of credibility. And I'm calling everybody that has the same level of cre- credibility and experience as you. So having said that, before you give me the cost structure, I need you to know, I need to know exactly how many people, how much it's costing me, how much it's gonna cost me, beginning, end, checks, one check, two checks, three checks, deposit, back, protection, I want all of it. But give me a final bid. Act as if it's the final offer you're giving me, I want that. Because if we have to negotiate, I don't like to negotiate like that, I just move on to another company. Fair? Are we all on the same page? Yes, great. I'll give you a couple days to send me the cost structure on how much it's gonna cost 
for us to move forward. Are you comfortable with that? We are. Excellent. It's been great spending time with you. Thank you so much. Da, 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 da. And that's the 10 questions I ask. Before hiring a consulting firm, an engineer, law firm, accountant, whatever you talk about, those are the 10 questions that can save you eventually tens of millions of dollars. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody. Bye-bye.